Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. In Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 7, we're going to read this, but I'm just going to read a couple, first couple verses here. Mark chapter 16, verse 1, it says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Salome bought, uh, bought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Verse 2, it says, Very early the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. Now, I already said this is one of the greatest stories, and in order to have a greatest story, you always have to have a good setting. You watch any good movie, they set you up first. And so we have a setting here. Now, at first glance, on the surface, it doesn't look spectacular. It doesn't look uh, exciting. Here we are, we see some women that are coming to perform a ritual in which they would have done this regularly. This was a normal thing. And they were coming to perform a ritual to embalm the body of Jesus when the Sabbath was over and they have come, which would have been, Sabbath would have been Saturday. And so now they find themselves on Sunday, which I would declare is the first Easter Sunday. They find themselves in a place, in a, in a situation of Holy Week. Now, Holy Week started a week ago from today. So last week we celebrated Palm Sunday. Okay? Everyone tracking with me? Good? Okay, so here, we're, now we're, now we're going to count this now so we understand. So Sunday is the first day of the week. Sunday is before this Sunday was Palm Sunday. Now come with me. Jesus came to Jerusalem to start the Holy Week on Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday. Now I don't know if you know this, but um, numbers are important in the Bible and Scripture. And the sixth day is known as the, the man's day. We reference Genesis where it talks about where, where God created the heaven and earth and all this. And on the sixth day, he created man. And he said, it is good. Turn to someone and say, you're good. Turn to the other neighbor because they need it too. So the sixth day represents man. Now we know that the sixth day, that Friday, God, Jesus was crucified. Saturday, the seventh day, that was seemed silent in the natural, but in the spiritual was actually was making something complete. And by the way, the day, the, the day seven or number seven is the number of completion according to God's word. It is a complete day. But now we find ourselves on the eighth day or Sunday, that first Easter day. And by the way, eight in the Bible means a new beginning. Now, for some of you, you're like, well, that's kind of coincidental. No, that's on purpose. Because we serve a God that's on purpose. And I want you to see this because I want you to understand that that's how amazing God is. That, that he purposely, when we think it's coincidence, when we really think that's, wow, that's interesting, wow. He's like, I'm on the scene and I've thought of it all for you. 
And so in the, if you're following on your points, that's the first thing I want you to see today. I want you to see this, that God, I believe that what we discovered in this truth is that on the first day, the early day, the very beginning of the day, the eighth day, um, they discovered that Jesus was no longer in the tomb. And so I believe this signifies the first thing. This is what we first need to understand about God and what Christ did is that our God is a God of new beginnings. Our God, your God, the God we serve, the God we love, the God that sent Christ Jesus so that we could have relation with, relationship with Him is a God of new beginnings. Now, I don't know about you, but there are days when I need a new beginning. There are days when I don't want to do the same day over again. <laughs> but I need a new start at times. You know those times when we're feeling really hard-pressed, really overloaded by the things of this world. It's like, oh. And God promises, he says, if you will follow in me and you will stay in me, I'm a God of new beginnings. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Let me say that again. The old is gone and the new has come. Amen? Isaiah chapter 43 verse 18 says, Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. He's a God of new beginnings. He's not a God of history. He's not a God of old, a God that doesn't do anything anymore. He's a present, everyday God that's always ready to do something new in us. So those times when you feel lost, when those times you feel hard-pressed, those times when you're like, I don't, can't see anything, God is saying, I'm right here and I've got a new beginning. Are you ready to start over with me? I love that. I love that it's not contingent on my abilities or the things I do right or the things I do wrong. That God in his love for us through Christ Jesus says, I'm a God of new beginnings. Now the truth is, is of course, we'll, we'll find ourselves doing wrong things and we should not do that. And, and if you're in the middle of sin, get out of it. But I want to let you have good news. God loves you. He doesn't look and say, oh boy. No, he didn't do that. He wouldn't have do that. And said, in fact, he sent Christ Jesus in the middle of that kind of a thing. When at the worst state... When people, even the people of, that were to claim to love God and honor God were not really honoring God and God came for them too. And what am I saying? God is a God of new beginnings, but it's not just for yesterday, it's for today. I don't know what the enemy's trying to tell you, but I'm certain that it's trying to tell you the opposite of this truth. I'm sure that he is working overtime to tell you how crummy you are, how messed up you did, how badly you thought, how difficult the life was and the week was. But I've got good news. God is a God of new beginnings. Amen? And that's his word. That's his truth. And that's part of why we come today to celebrate, to remind ourselves of that truth. Let's continue to read in Mark chapter 16. I want to read a few more passages of scripture. Can somebody say, God's so good? God's so Amen. Good. Mark 16, verse 3 and 4. Um, it says, and, and verse 3, it says, And they asked each other, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? So here we have these ladies. So let, me, let me read. Um, let me start back here. And they asked each other, 
who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb. Now, I want you to see this. I want you to understand. Here's what God's saying. And this is what, what they're sharing here is that um, these ladies were even in their grief and they were doing what God had asked them to do. They were doing what needed to be done. But there's this stone in the way. A lot of theologians say it was probably well over 500 pounds. We don't know for sure. But apparently it was large, it was big, and it was probably if, you know, and I'm not saying that women aren't capable, but this was bigger than even men could move. And these women are like, who's going to move this thing away? What are we going to do? And I wonder if we can relate to that. Just in life. I wonder if we can relate to the idea of trying to move forward and trying to do the thing, but there's this barrier that seems heavier than we can bear. Heavier than we could ever imagine removing. Heavier than ever thinking like a a relationship that just cannot be restored, an addiction you just can't seem to break, a heart that just can't seem to get healed, a relationship that can't be restored. I wonder if we find ourselves in a place where a doctor's report shares us this burden that we just can't seem to get out of the way. I wonder if we ever place ourselves in that place. And I want, if you want to live for God and you want to do the things for God and you want, but there's this barrier, this thing that stops us. It seems too big. Has anyone ever felt that way before? I certainly have. But as we read verse 4, look at verse 4 of Mark 16. It says, but when they looked up, somebody say look up. It says, when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled away. The stone they were worried about, the burden they were worried about, when they looked up, they noticed that God had already removed the burden. God said in His word, I am a yoke-destroying, burden-removing God. And so what the, the point is this. They went. They, by faith, they went. By the way, they knew the, the stone was there and they spoke this. Ah, how are we going to do this? God says, I've got it already. I love how God goes to our future and remembers and takes care of the now for tomorrow. The difference was that these ladies, even though the barrier was there, knew it was difficult, they decided we're going to go do it anyway. Not knowing how or when or what, but praise God, he was on the scene in that moment. Can I declare to you today that the God that did this is the same God that we serve today. That he didn't just roll away stones and barriers in the past, but God is an everyday God. He is not a respecter of persons. He says, I'm always with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. We got to look up. We have to understand. The times when we're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Praise God. God says, I've already taken care of it. There's already an answer. We find ourselves, who's going who's gonna to do this crying and, and finding ourselves in this place? But God says, I've got it done. Jesus says, it is finished. The rewire to his word is to remind our minds, our hearts, to remind the thing, the barrier 
that seems to be in the way to remind it of God's truths. What's cool about how God works is that when they arrived, the angel was sitting on that rock. He was sitting on the thing. It was like the power of God was like kicking back like it was no big deal. I love that picture because I need to understand, we need to understand that God is far more powerful than we understand. He's so much greater and he so much more loves us than we understand. I know that because there's no way as much as I love everything, I don't know that I could give up my own kids. But God did. In fact, humanly, I do everything it is to protect my kids. And so we should. But understand the heart, the mindset, the idea that God, His only Son, sent so that He could remove the barrier between Him and His kids. And then when Jesus gave his last breath and said, it is finished, even though in the natural it didn't look different, in the spiritual, God was fighting a spiritual battle. So that on the eighth day, there was a new beginning for you and me. Hallelujah. That is something that we can take to the bank. Amen? He removes barriers. He is a barrier-removing God. God wants us to trust Him. God needs us to trust Him and that He has already made the way for you and me. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment. I want you to think, imagine that there, whatever that barrier, whatever that thing, whatever that, that maybe it's a behavior, maybe it's, a, it's a, a thought process, maybe it's a sickness, maybe it's whatever it is. I want you to picture God like, like these women that came to the place of knowing, okay, we've got to do the duty. And all of the while, while they're doing what that God had called them to do, God had already removed the barrier. And I declare today that that's true for you too. Picture that, look at that, receive that as God's word for you today. We declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Trust in the Lord. Psalms, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. These women had an understanding they didn't lean on. What are we going to do? I, mean, I could see them having this conversation. They could have this conversation. What are we going to do when we get there? I don't know. Well, we shouldn't even go. But they went by faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. But on your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He will remove the barrier. Isn't it awesome to know that we don't have to remove the barrier? He does it. He just asks us to walk towards it. I love that. That God is that good that he doesn't have us to do the heavy lifting. He's already done it. He just wants us to be there so we can see what he's done. Amen? Amen? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. Mark chapter 16, verse 5 and 7. The last part of this is probably the best. Tell somebody I'm ready for the best. In verse 5 it says, As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the, si- on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. 
you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He's not there. See the place where they laid him, but go and tell his disciples and Peter he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Now there were two words that if we really ponder them can bring real tears to our eyes. Because he singled out somebody in that statement. Uh, Jesus didn't, didn't uh, single out John. We know that through scripture, John was the beloved one. It wasn't Thomas. He didn't speak about Thomas. So we know that Thomas was the doubting one. It would have been good to have that. He didn't do that. Why did he single out Peter? You said it says, and disciples and Peter. It's because Peter was guilty of a sin that was so serious, so harsh. See, Peter had denied Christ. Peter, by the way, means rock. And yet, in that rock of who he was, he denied Christ. Suppose, imagine for the moment you might have been Peter. Suppose, think for this moment that you might have felt that you might, in that, that way that you might have felt when you denied the Lord, like Peter had. Imagine the process. Don't you know that you would have had thoughts kind of like this, like, man, I've, I've committed the worst, awful sin. I'm like, oh man, I've messed up. I'm like, I was with, I was, I saw miracles. I was with, with God at the the mound of transfiguration. I, I saw him raise. I saw while I was praying in the, in the garden of Gethsemane, the blood drops as he prayed so earnestly. I saw miracles. I saw multitudes be fed with a few fish and some bread. I saw all this and yet even with that I denied him. I want to go so far to say this. That one of the biggest attacks of the enemy for a believer is our identity. Who we are. And like never before, Peter was questioning his identity. He was called by Christ, he was called a rock. But seemingly didn't live up to that. In fact, very much did not. See, Peter was interesting because not only did he deny uh, Christ and knowing Christ with the Soldiers, which I could get, and like, Ugh. but also the servant girl. No one, someone that had no opportunity to really hurt him, yet he even cowered to her. And like I said, you can imagine the mind. Imagine the time when you might have done something wrong, when you knew it was sin, you knew it was against God's, and you can see the mind just going a hundred miles a minute. The Bible talks about the enemy, Satan himself, is what we call the accuser of the brethren. And he is quick, every, he's quick to say, yeah, go ahead, do that, touch that fruit, go ahead, do that sin, do, participate in that, yeah, deny Christ, protect yourself, do all of this, he's quick to say, and as soon as you do, he's like, gotcha, I can't believe you did that. Peter on the rock. Maybe you felt that way before. I'm a believer. I'm standing strong. And then you don't stand strong. And the enemy's like, 
and you call yourself a Christian. You did this, you thought this, you said this, blah, 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 blah. And the enemy just bombards us. We're being honest, we're being truthful, we're being real. The enemy is trying to steal your identity. Matthew chapter 6 talks about him being the, the, the rock and being firm. What we find out is that not only is, is Jesus speaking that over, but he's speaking into his future, into his true self. And Peter, I'm sure his mind was swirling and going all kinds of places. He had sinned. There was just no, no easy way to say it. He'd fallen short in a desperate way. But the Lord sent him a special love note. A special reminder. I want you to go tell. They're not, he's not here. The angel said, he's not here. He's alive. Just as he had said, now go and tell the disciples. And don't forget Peter. Peter denied him three times. Three times he sinned purposely against God. And God still had a beautiful beautiful message of good news let peter know i'm alive let peter know i love him let peter know i haven't forgotten about him i haven't given up on him let peter know i still see his identity and what i said and declared over him despite what he said despite what he did despite what he felt that's the god we serve that's the God who loves you, who sent Christ for you, who cares for you, will move heaven and earth for you. Not a God that shuns you, but a God that draws you. A God that when you go off, like the prodigal, goes off in crazy ways and does crazy things, all of the while, as you come to your senses, oh man, I messed up, I screwed up here, I can't believe it, even the, even the servants eat better than I do, he said. And so he's like, I'll go back and I'll just, I'll have the crumbs that the servants do. But God, in this picture that I believe the prodigal son is really about the prodigal father because the father was not far off like, oh man, I don't know. The father was looking and seeking, where is my kid? I'm ready for him to come back. God is always a God that will call you back. He's a God who loves you. He will not forget you. He will not give up on you. He's a God who restores our identities. The identity that when you were created, when it says that before we were in our mother's womb, he formed us. That we are the chosen generation, a holy priesthood. It all comes through Christ. But it is definite and it is sure. And it is God and so today I'm telling you that God is also, like Peter, sending a message to each one of us and Peter. Now in my Bible, I've got it in the Go Tell His Disciples, and I've got Peter crossed out, and i got Jason written underneath. Because God says I can do this because I'm his child. He says that I am because of who I am, because of receiving Christ, I can put myself in this place and I can go and he can go ahead of me and tell me, remind me when I mess up, when I miss the mark, he's like, go tell Jason, I love him. 
That's what we celebrate today. And if you don't realize it, if you don't understand, if you if you don't understand the heart and the character of God and the, the, the story of the risen Christ, it is right here. The times and the places when we think we're the furthest away, God is standing, watching and looking and waiting for us to call his name. And he's going to so beautifully throw a robe, kill the fatted cow, let's have a feast today. My son was lost, but now he's found. Amen? That's who we serve. That's the God that we celebrate today. I don't know where your life is. I don't know what you've done. I know if you're like me, you're human and you've made mistakes. And also I know that because of Scripture, we remind us that those mistakes are... we that the enemy antagonizes us with those mistakes. And to so much to the place where we take ourselves out of his presence because we're ashamed we think we've messed up we think that we've messed it up more than can be fixed the bible reminds us that god can do more than we can ask or imagine so no matter where you are today no matter what you've experienced no matter what you experience tomorrow, because Jesus paid the penalty of sin from yesterday and for tomorrow. Now, we worked hard. We worked diligently to try to stay in his love and, and to honor him the best we can. Now, I want to remind you that when you receive Christ, that you have in deposited within you the spirit of God. So he doesn't just tell you to go do it, but he rests in you. And that's where it says he never leaves you because he's always with you. Which means that you can always call on him. Now the enemy is going to try to tell you, don't call on him because you messed up. And God's saying, I, that's, this is exactly the place where I want you to call on me. This is exactly where I want you to be. God does miracles in places that you never thought would do, he would do a miracle. We need to call on him. He restores back to our true identity. If you believe it, say amen. 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 The message of Jesus' resurrection, it's a rewire. It's something that we have to switch, change. And we do have an enemy. We have a, a force that's trying to tell us it's not truth. And this is why it's important to, to spend time in him and to spend time, not duty, not just reading like, oh, I got to do this, just check, 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 church, check. Okay, good. Bible check. Okay, prayer check. No, it's about relationship. It's about he wants and desires to spend time with us. And what's cool is that as we do, we become more like him. We, we begin to... to to smell like him. We begin to walk like him. And that seems amazing because he's amazing. But that's his promise. That if we no longer conform to the pattern of this word. But renew our mind. We'll be transformed into him. It's his word. His, his truth. That we have been given the opportunity to rewire. What the enemy meant for evil. God has turned for good. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to close today.
God doesn't want our past, your history, or your sins to keep you away from Him. If you hear that, know that that is a lie from the enemy. God doesn't want you to continue to participate in that sin, but He does not want you to come to Him. He restores you back to who He planned you to be. Remember back when I said that in Genesis it says it is good? Jesus restores us back to that place where God said it is good. Doesn't mean we're always good by action, but the Spirit of God in us has been restored. And so what we want to do and what God has offered us to do is to take what has happened here and to let it bubble out to here. The past does not define you. God already defines you. History is not your identity. Your identity is what God said when he formed you. That's what he says. The very reason that he came, the very reason that he lived, that he gave up heaven to come here to live on earth, the very reason he died and went to the cross and was resurrected was so that we could receive back our identity in him. So of course God doesn't want us to shun him or walk away from him when we mess up. That's the whole reason that Jesus came. Don't let the enemy lie any longer. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He's not mad at me. He loves me. He cares for me. And he's got good in store for those that love him. God is a God of new beginnings. I declare that God is a God that removes barriers. And finally, I declare that God will restore back your true identity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your truth and your heart and your love. God, I pray in this moment, I can't think of a better day. There might be some here that have said, "Uh -uh, you don't know what I've done, Pastor. Well, I'm going to tell you that no matter what you've done, Jesus already came for it. Maybe you've ran away from him. Maybe you've denied him. Maybe you're just so terribly confused by the things of this world that you just haven't spent time with him. Wherever you find yourself, know that God is looking for you. He's inviting you to climb up on his lap. The Bible says that we that not only is he sovereign and he's mighty, I am great God, but we, he is also, he said, we can call him Abba, Daddy. And so in this moment, if, if, if you feel far off from him, know that God is not far off from you. And very simply, he says that if we believe and we begin to confess, he will be our Lord. And even if you're like, I, I've done that and it didn't take, we're not doing something, we're living something. And we're here to support you. 
So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. And if that if that's you, if you ran away, or maybe, maybe you're like, I've never seen this. I've never, I didn't know that he cared for me, that he loved me. I pray that you see it today. And he wants you to receive him. Romans chapter 10, it says, but what does it say? The word near you, it's in your mouth, in your heart. This is what the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It says anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't say you have to be a certain age. It doesn't mean you have to be old or young or have to be in a certain amount of church, church time. And all it doesn't. It has no qualifications other than believing in Him and confessing to Him. God, be my God. I need Your help. If that's you today, I want you to, by faith, I want you to say yes. Now I'm going to pray a quick prayer first over you. And then I'm going to invite you to receive Christ today. Renew your life to Him. Holy Spirit, I just pray in this moment right now. God, in this most important, amazing day that we celebrate. That if even one would come into your kingdom in this moment. God, one would say, I need I need to be restored back to my identity. I see that you care for me, that you're removing burdens, that you're a God of new beginnings. I need that new beginning today. I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of your might, Father, you might quicken them to receive that truth today. We thank you for it, God. We know that you are a God that removes stuff. I pray for clarity of mind in Jesus' name right now open hearts in this moment today so that we might become the bride that you've requested of us that we're ready when you come we're prepared we're set I pray that now in Jesus name Amen and so normally sometimes we'll pray and we're like raise your hand secret but this is this is so cool. Every one of us has been in that boat before. If you've received Christ, you were you had the before Christ life. You had the place where you didn't you you needed to make decisions. All of us were in that boat. None of us. It says all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Pastor's probably one of the most greatest people I've ever known in my whole life, Pastor Sellers. But is even as good as he is and was and has always been. He still needed to receive Christ as his Lord and Savior. His goodness didn't get him in. It wasn't good enough. But the other end of it is if you really think, whoa, but I'm really bad. I'm, I'm like totally opposite from Pastor Sellers. Guess what? God came for you too. And so my heart is that you would receive to him today. Rededicate your life today if you haven't before. If you're like, I, 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 think, I, I think I've lost, I've lost the understanding that 
He loves me. I want you to receive him today. So today, we're not going to be like sneak in. We're going to be excited. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. We want to pray with you. We want to be excited with you. If that's you today, I want you to say, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to have what God has for me. Even if you're like, there's people looking at me. We're looking at you because we're so excited because we're like, hey, another one on the team. Hallelujah. It's not like we're like, this is what we're here for. If If you leave here without receiving Christ, we've missed it all. That's the only reason why we have church. That's the only reason why we have music is because we're connecting you with the, one, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So if that's you, raise your hand and say, I'm ready to receive him right now. Amen. 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 All across this room, heaven is cheering right now for you. God is saying, yes, my son. Yes, my daughter. Welcome to the family. I'm ready to receive you. I've been, I've been waiting for you. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. All of us, let's just do it together as one body unified together. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus for my sin. I receive you now, Jesus. Understanding you are God's son. They came here So that I might receive you. I receive you now. As my Lord and Savior. Restore my identity in you. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Woo. God is so good. Now, I'm cheering and I'm excited because I want you to get a picture. This is what heaven's doing right now. The Bible says when just one, just one, and we had more than one. It just one says yes. They're like, woo-hoo-hoo. And that's what we're doing for you today. Welcome to the family of God. Hold on to your hat. God's ready to do something amazing in your life. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.